Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, and welcome to Champion Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. This week, uh, Dr. B and I, Trevor Bettis, are joined by Kelly Dunlap. Uh, uh, actually, you know what? We're just we're going to skip the rest of the intro. Kelly, who, who are you for the fine folks who may not know? Well, hello. My name is Dr. Kelly Dunlap. I am a clinical psychologist, so I have a doctorate in clinical psychology. I also have a master's in game design and am a game designer, so I have made games i have consulted on games usually around mental health for you know obvious reasons and i also am an adjunct professor and i teach game design to uh, to grad students and uh yeah i like i like dogs i have a dog mug <laughs> cool. and it blurted out i promise it's, P it's pg it says dog mom that's all it says is dog mom um, just instantaneously, everyone thinks that it's just an inappropriate plug. <laughs> yes, yes. Like my, like my, uh, my crossfitch earlier. Um, yeah, so Fun fact. Yes. Uh, Dr. Kelly is also a significant source of my inferiority complex because <laughs> okay, I hadn't, I hadn't she's even amazing. gotten, to, I hadn't even gotten to the fact that I work at Take This as the basically the community manager, but the associate director of community programming is the full fancy title. So that is a title. And uh, I do, I do therapy. So I do Take This. I do therapy. I teach. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff, and it pretty much all has to do with games and mental health in some capacity. So I'm super excited to be here for this topic. Heck yeah, and we're, we're so thankful for you to take the time and be here, uh, especially for our topic today, uh, oh, which yeah. is about mental health and video games. Um, but I do want to uh, let everybody know here in the chat, first off, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have any questions throughout the show, you can put them in the chat with question colon at the beginning and our awesome mods, uh, Martin and Jordan will grab them and put them in a little text doc that I just realized I don't have open yet and will open in the middle of the show to grab those. We're professionals. Uh, <laughs> We're professionals, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, before we get to that, Dr. B, who are you for the fine I folks who may not know? I am, uh, oh God, I've got nothing pithy to say about that after <laughs> Dr. Kelly's uh, introduction. No, seriously, um, Dr. Kelly is amazing. And she was one of the greatest, greatest hiring successes. We'd been trying to get her on staff for a long time before we were able to get her on staff. Um, but I am the clinical director. I'm Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. I'm a clinical psychologist. I am the clinical director over at Take This at Take This Org. Make sure to follow us for all the cool stuff we do. Uh, and I am a practicing psychologist in Washington State, expert on the applied use of uh, role-playing games and therapy and learning settings. And um, I am generally a also a fanboy of uh, the rest of the Take This staff. So you will hear me talking up Dr. Kelly uh, a lot today. And Dr. B is my boss. So just to be really clear about power dynamics <laughs> not here. Okay, not technically. He's, he's, you he's technically report to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but I'm done. You know, I'm just saying. It's fine. I, I HR will want... hear about this. <laughs> 
I do also want to point out for audio listeners, uh, you are missing out on Dr. B's absolutely amazing, legally distinct uh, building block, not Danish blocks tie that he has on. <laughs> yeah, I got a new I got a new shipment this morning of bow ties from uh, my new order from my uh, my bow tie guy. I got to pick it out. Uh- <laughs> At some point, I want to be cool enough to ha- to ma- say the statement of I got it from my bow tie guy, right? I- I also have a shaving soap guy and a fez and a fez guy. And a fez guy. guy. Well, I don't. I don't personally know the fez guy, but I do know the CEO (laughs) of the hat company I love. So, you know a guy who knows a guy gets you a good fez. I I I know people what knows people. You want a fez? I'm the doctor. I will get you a fez. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. Uh, mental health in video games. I, I, that is a very broad uh, topic, uh, but uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk about that when we have the awesome opportunity to talk to Dr. Dunlap here about it. Uh, so what, where, where do we want to start with this? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I want to keep this brief uh, because I usually do the why we're doing this introductions, but we have Dr. Dunlap here, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the authority on this matter. Um, and I, I, I want to point out just that the history of not only video games, but media in general has been really, really awful when it comes to mental health representation, like um, not just of the way mental health, uh, the, the way mental health uh, occurs within people, but also the mental health profession as well, and the whole mm. mental health system. And so all of that is awful. And Dr. Kelly, what do you want to say about that? I mean, mental illness is one of those things that's incredibly scary um, because it's one of the only minority groups that you yourself could find yourself in at any time. Um, there's nothing, you know, it, mental health is something that everybody has. And the same way you have physical health, you have mental health. And so you know, one of the scariest things for people can be what's within their own mind and how we perceive the world around us. And so, you know, when we're talking about representation, you know, we don't want to be saying like, oh, well, if we're talking about mental health, everything should be puppies and rainbows and kittens, because that's that's not the reality for people who have, you know, who struggle with their mental health or have a mental illness. But there's a way to do it with like compassion and understanding. And then there's a way to do it with the opposite of compassion and understanding with <laughs> stigma and, and fear mongering and hatred and the, the propagation of really horrific stereotypes that actively do harm to others. And, you know, it's so important because the way we, what we consume in our media does impact how we think about things when we don't have other options. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if the only way you ever see something portrayed in media is one way, you're going to think about it that way. And that's why diversity is so important is if there is going to be the insane asylum, crazy villain who's doing like a lobotomy, then there also needs to be something out there counteracting that message. That's just as important and powerful and palatable and, and popular mm-hmm. um, so that people are getting, you know, it's okay to have these monsters, but there needs to be a, the other side of the story being told too. And that's one place that media games, books, pretty much everything has, has really kind of fallen short and <clears throat> portraying of the fullness of experience, not just the wow hallucinations and all the, the flashy stuff. The boring stuff is the most common. Taking our meds, (laughs) which I almost forgot to do. Would have been a real interesting show. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. Well, it's, but I mean, that's, that's in my mind, a huge barrier to people, to people accessing help because like, just, I'm going to throw my own, my own life as an example that 
the the way we portray autism, the way we think that we see it in the media, there's no shortage of, I think, really bad representations of either people who are, it's a two extremes, either completely non, non-functional, cannot exist on your own um, and have to be in supervised care 24 hours a day, or the savant who is somehow so good at a skill mm. that their autism doesn't matter because they're useful to society. And ni- those are two extremes that don't represent the full range of the autism experience. And, um, you know, getting diagnosed five, five years ago, um, it, it's been an interesting thing to overcome. So that sort of internalized ableism, which is an ongoing process that I have, uh, you know, taken in for because my experience is not what the movies show, not what TV shows. I'm not bones. I'm not the good doctor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm a good doctor, but, <laughs> but you know. I <laughs> uh, love the hair flip. I could do that now. It's so cool. It is very cool. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I, one of the things that we, we have in here in the notes that, that I'm interested to hear about is, is what should we know about mental health representation, like in games, like you have the, the, the 3d model, uh, okay. what, what, what is that? So in my research, cause I'm, I'm very interested in how we talk about mental illness, um, in games, because obviously I'm a clinical psychologist, but I'm also a game designer. And when you're playing a game, it's important to remember that that experience is 100% designed. And so if there is a character that has a mental illness or is displaying symptoms, that was put there for a reason. Things were designed this way with some kind of intent. And that doesn't mean it was maliciously intended, but it can also be you know, things in society that we just don't really pay attention to. And so we automatically equate them um, you know, the, the classic is, you know, insane asylum equals bad. Well, yes, they were horrific places and they were terrifying, but guess what? They haven't been around for like a hundred years and yes, institutionalization, at least not the, not the same way. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I was going to say institutionalization up until like the seventies and eighties was still pretty horrific, but nobody practices that way. Uh, the thing that always gets me is one of my favorite examples is dead space. And, uh, you know, he's wearing a straight jacket. I'm like, this is the future. We haven't used straight jackets in no. a very long time. Why? No. Why are we using them in the future? But that's because what the straight jacket represents is danger, be afraid, mental illness, crazy insanity, unpredictability, chaos, violence, all tied up, no pun intended, in one tiny little representation of a person. Um, and so it's really important to, to capture that because previous research has looked into this and there's not much out there. But when I, I did my initial search, they were trying to map um, movie tropes and TV tropes into video games. And you have to start somewhere. So like, I'm not taking away from those researchers at all. But you know, the most famous one is the homicidal maniac. And that's, you know, the person is evil and they're the villain. And why are they trying to destroy the world? It's because they are crazy. Vague, insanity, mental illness, crazy. And so that one is really common in, across all media spaces. It's the most common one across all media spaces, including games. But then if you were to look at something like an insane asylum, there's not a category for environment. Or if you were to look at in games, a lot of games have sanity meters or other mechanics in the game. So it's not even, it's not the location, it's not the character, it's not the narrative, it's actually the mechanic, the thing that you do in the game is a representation of mental illness. And that's not captured in these kinds of very rigid buckets because games are an interactive medium. And so they ask things, they demand things of us that other mediums don't. 
you know. So that, I mean, in and of itself, that's an interesting thing that with the advent of more interactive media, we're seeing new and interesting ways that um, these tropes and not just mental health tropes, but other tropes, um, whether it's gender, racial, uh, sexual orientation stereotypes that they play out in regards to, you know, literally how we interact with them. It's not a passive experience like it is with, you know, old school movies. So God, what I, I feel like I'm getting ahead. Like, what do we, what do we, what do we do about that? But that's later. That's later. That's, that's later. In the, okay. That's okay. in the, outline. that's in the notes. I see it. I know where well, I'm putting that one in. Yeah, but what is like in, in this three-dimensional representation? Oh, I didn't even talk about that. Did I? <laughs> what is like question. a one-dimensional thing? Like <laughs> it, it, give, can you give an example of a one-dimensional yes. representation of mental health? Yes. So the idea of, of breaking it down dimensions is very much in line with my training as a clinician. That uh, there's a lot of disorders that are on a spectrum, um, not just in severity, but like you know, depression and anxiety are kind of opposite ends of the same spectrum. Um, and and so when we're looking at say a one-dimensional, it's just one part of the spectrum. It's that their mental illness is it's confirmed in the universe, but it doesn't matter. So the the example I usually give is Heimsker, who is the Nord priest in Skyrim. Mm -hmm. And he stands outside the keep in Whiterun and he preaches about the coming of Talos. And then that's not inherently bad, but then there are the, the NPC chatter back and forth is, oh, well, there goes crazy old Heimsker, you know, the mm -hmm. town crazy person. And so you're acknowledging that this idea of mental illness is exists in this world and that people feel some kind of way about it, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change the game. It doesn't change your interactions with him. It doesn't change the story. It just kind of like, it's like a little sprinkle, it's a little seasoning to like flavor the world because mental illness exists. Um, and so, so, so that's one dimensional that basically it's ju it just gets a yeah. shout out. It's yeah, it's flat and it doesn't okay. have to be bad. So for example, uh, in Life is Strange True Colors, as we played on our Take mm -hmm. This cast, yep. um, you saw a card for someone recruiting people for group therapy. Yep. Doesn't do anything with the game itself. It is just an interstitial piece that exists, but it acknowledges that mental illness exists in this world. So it's just flat fla flavor. Um, two dimensions means that the mental illness is somehow core to the person or the story or the environment. So for example, if you want to think about pretty much any of our homicidal villains, so the Joker or Kafka, Kafka. those kinds, which are like, oh, I'm crazy. So I'm going to destroy the world. And so it's core to who they are. And if you took the mental illness away, they would no longer be a character, um, but there's no depth to it. They're still very flat, very, you know, if, if one dimensional is a line, then two dimensional is a square. Like there's more shape to it. Oh and my it requires... God, you're bringing in math. I did not agree. No, 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 no. You're bringing no. in pictures. geometry. I'm, paying, I'm bringing in pictures. See, oh, see, okay. Pictures. Like pictures. This was a perfect example of my school experience though, because uh, she started talking about math and my brain went to, what would Kefka be like if he wasn't insane? I just imagined a clown just going, I just want to rule the world. Oh, no. Everybody wants to learn more. Let no? me bring me a coffee. I'm just, like, I'm just too tired. I'm not. I'm not motivated. Yeah, I'm a little tired. Yeah. Um, I'm tired. And sorry. Again, it doesn't have to be bad. You know, uh, Symmetra from Overwatch is a really good example of a two-dimensional character that's not bad. So she is on the autism spectrum, and that informs her superpowers in in Overwatch. And if you took it away, she wouldn't be herself. But that's again, there's not there's no deep understanding mm -hmm. of that character. And then three dimensional, of course, is the most complex. So instead of a square, think about a cube. This thing has dimensionality and it has lots of different facets, of which mental illness is just one piece. 
And so the best example is um, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The character Senua has some kind of dissociative um, something going on. Like, I don't want to like label it because I haven't interviewed her. And I, you know, like I, I, I shy away from giving people labels that I've never talked to. Um, and even those I have talked hey. to ethics. Yay. Um, but yeah, she, she sees things that other people can't see. She hears things that other people can't hear. She notices patterns other people don't perceive. And so there's something going on there, but she's also a warrior and she's a daughter and she, uh, is a grieving, uh, a grieving woman who's lost someone very important to her. And she's vengeful and she's flawed and she's brave mm-hmm. and she's scared and she's all these things. And if you took away the fact that she has ostensibly some kind of mental illness, she would still be a fascinating character. She would still like, that would still be an amazing story. Even if they were just like, Hey, she has superpowers and she can see the world this way. Like it wouldn't lose any of, of that good, of that goodness. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the idea is like, you can capture all of these examples of mental health and mental illness. If we stop trying to put them in buckets and more of just kind of putting them on the spectrum of how much are they bringing? How much do they inform the world and what kind of richness or stereotypes do they introduce into the story? Well, I, I mean, even as you're thinking, even as you're talking about that, I mean, I'm thinking about some of the stuff you and I have done together in the past on Take This Plays and um, like, uh, you know, Alex from Life is Strange, True, True Colors, mm-hmm. her mental health journey is a an aspect of her story um, as a result of the complexity of her story that even if even if you took away the elements of her mental health uh, discussions or her with her, I think psychiatrist was it? Uh, yeah, if you take all of that away, it's still a really compelling game and a really compelling story because of the richness. And, and also they make me cry. Yes. And th- these two examples are really high fidelity, very narratively focused on these very human characters. And so I don't, I don't want to say like, it has to be this hyper-realistic thing, like uh, Life is Strange, like Hellblade, because honestly, probably the best representation of mental illness, the most authentic, the most genuine I've ever seen was Night in the Woods. Oh and God, it was good. Night that's in the Woods a game was so good. Whose lead character is a cartoon oh, cat. God, yes. And who has a, a, a you know, ostensibly ADHD wolf, a, a fox friend, and a somewhat I, I depressed alligator it. friend. I will so say it. Uh, and, you know, like- He is one of us. <laughs> and, and, but like that, cause it doesn't matter the the vehicle that it's in. Actually, I think it, I can make the argument that it's easier to take in difficult stories and difficult experiences when you're not staring down the face of another human. Like mm. ha- having it be a cartoon cat, you know, she can engage in ridiculousness and does. And crimes. which brings us crimes and brings a sense of levity. <laughs> so you don't shut down because what she's dealing with is really heavy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it doesn't have to be like super high def, you know, if the story is genuine, if the experience is genuine and authentic and is trying to talk about something important to someone, that to me is like the gold standard. Okay. Well, that's, that's uh, something I've heard from a lot of, you know, people who comment on art as a medium and, you know, the sort of philosophy of art that it essentially uh, crystallizes its hyper reality. And you're bringing a really interesting point that when we sort of, exter- when we externalize it through cartoonish or comedic imagery, it can, it, the, the contrast of that can really draw our attention to the meat of what they're discussing. Um, I don't know. It, it, in some respects, seemed a little bit more disturbing having this cartoon cat and cartoon fox with bendy arms shouting, let's do crime! 
games. Um, you know, I, I have never played this game and I'm going to go buy it on my lunch break. <laughs> it's so good. It's good. There, there are so many moments that I'm like, oh, 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 I did not mm. see that coming. Oh, that got dark. Oh, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> that got that got real dark. Oh, but now we're eating pizza again. OK, so hey, it's all right. And pizza. so just all, all the content warnings around it, it is ostensibly a game dealing and grappling with um some pretty significant mental illness very much and so. but it's also very relatable um okay i, I don't i don't want to spoil anything it's a wonderful wonderful game and i i love it it is my favorite in terms of representation okay i will spoil one thing <gasps> the shop names oh, oh they're good you go find yourself impostabilities right. <laughs> possibilities yeah yeah you know, i you... actually there's actually a place near me that is called that <laughs> impossible no okay oh it's not impossible it's it's possibilities yeah the, the one in the game is yeah. also called possibilities it's not okay. impossibilities it's oh possibilities. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've got that place they, they 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 make a bread tube and they put spaghetti in it and you got a spaghetti cone <laughs> i want to go there that sounds that sounds like i did kind of once carb attack um, <laughs> <laughs> do they have a do they have a do they have a uh one for the non-keto folks just called Carbonara. <laughs> I don't know, and I hope they do. Um, okay, I, 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 did, I did want to jump to the, this point because I, I feel like after the break, uh, we're, we're going to answer that question that Dr. B brought up previously. However, uh, in our notes, Dr. B, you have a pop quiz in here. <laughs> well, uh, what, before we, well, we'll get into this other thing, yeah. Um, so Dr. Kelly, I want to yeah. bring up some examples of some things and just get your, <laughs> get your reaction on this okay okay i'm ready okay and you brought up a couple of these already but why is asylum horror bad because it propagates the stereotype that going into a psychiatric hospital which at this point in time is a place where you are already in distress and it's already scary it's a place you go as a last resort and that it just adds stigma to people seeking help in their darkest hour okay okay that's succinct that's it's good. fair it's fair it's good it's fair well, and I, I know I've made this, I've made this joke to you before, and I would, I really mean this that I, re, I for for somebody who's a game dev out there, uh, maybe it's Dr. Kelly, maybe it's somebody else, but I would really love to see a game that plays with that trope of asylum horror and turns it on its head. Of you know, you've got a narrator who's like, you wake up in an asylum, a sing song nurse comes in, there are flowers next to you, it's brightly lit, she has multiple fruit options on the breakfast tray activities are at 10 a.m there's ping pong what do you do i i want to see that group therapy is at two <laughs> optional exercise at seven I, I would love to see somebody take that stereotype and turn it on its head in a game and there could be some really interesting exploration of stigma there um but what uh, kind of let's go into a different one mental health providers as malevolent psychopaths that's one of my favorites. It's uh -huh. one of my favorite tropes because there's uh -huh. not a lot of them. There's not a lot. Okay. But oh boy, when they show up, like when when a mental health person shows up in a video game, you know they're evil <laughs> and you know they're going to be like the evilest person you've ever met in yep. games. Yep. And the- Hugo Strange. <laughs> Hugo oh, Strange? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my go-to is Dr. Angus Bumby from the Alice series. And for anyone who may uh, not know, he uses his position as a child psychiatrist to sex traffic children and uh, engage in pedophilia. Yep. Yep. So yeah, 
Yay. And because people aren't already afraid enough to go to a therapist, people are already Uh fighting stigma of like, oh, well, they're a shrink and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to help you and they're a quack and all those other wonderful terms that get thrown around here. Let's, but what is fascinating. And I've, this is some research I'm doing right now is I'm going through every game I can find that has a therapist or mental health professional in it. And I'm seeing, you know, what, what they look like. And it's fascinating because the mental health field, 80% of clinicians are women. So social work, masters, psychologists, 80% are women, 80% of characters are male and therapists in games. And almost all of them mm-hmm. are white and almost all mm-hmm. of them look like Freud. So it's like, we have this one archetype. <laughs> we have one archetype of what it means to be a therapist yep. and it is Freudian and. And they're, <sighs> and they're probably evil. <clears throat> well, it, absolutely going to be evil. Yeah. It's, it's, that was one of those things that was always interesting to me. Cause especially at this point there were um, in the course of my training, there was a lot of times where I was the only guy in a room full of 30 people. And that's the more the re I mean, that's a little bit of an extreme version, but that's the reality of the mental health field. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a yeah, lot of the people who come to me come to me because finding a male therapist is kind of difficult at times. Um, yeah. And I know you and I have a lot of things to say about the Alice series. Oh uh, boy, I can just imagine having played through those games. We don't. Oh, we don't have. God. We don't have. We don't have that kind to... of time. I, do not I have think that, that kind would be a time. whole season. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Dedicated. Okay, hold, on. hold on. Trauma as a murder motivator. Oh God. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Broke, because Dr. Kelly. Because your life doesn't suck enough. Like this person hasn't suffered enough. We now need to take the thing that is horrific and traumatizing and upsetting okay. and make it normalize. Okay, like Sephiroth exception. Okay, hey. I get it. He went through a trauma. He came out okay. evil, but you can kind of understand how he got there. But typically, it's not treated with that kind of care. See, that, that was the thing. I was going to ask what game popped into each of our heads first. John Wick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well actually there is a john wick game Uh, (laughs) sorry i've been watching too much i'm actually uh uh, my my brain actually went to heavy rain uh the the murderer's entire uh backstory was in an absolutely terrible childhood and just decided to start killing people and it was isn't that also the plot of hitman i've never played the hitman (laughs) game but i'm pretty certain that's the origin story of of hitman as well is yeah, probably. Traumatic childhood. <laughs> now I'm a murderer. In and of itself, that's the thing. That just because you know, just I I worked in a prison system, and yes, a lot, a lot of the guys I worked with had had the childhoods you would absolutely imagine. But that doesn't mean that everybody who had those childhoods, I had a whole, I had some stuff mm-hmm. in my childhood. I think I turned out relatively okay. <laughs> 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 The expression, the expression was great. <laughs> Takes out notebook. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> a, 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 any other one of these that, that you want to uh, run oh, by before let's we do see our, here. Uh, well, you, our break? She, it, why? Uh, why not insanity meters? Mm. It reduces the complexity of mental health down to something as complex as a dipstick, like. How 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 well is your mental health today? Let, let's stick it in and find out. Whoop. Oh, oh look my at god! That. <laughs> look at that! You need to refill. You know, it just, it, it's not that you can't ever use it. Like no, there, yeah, there, yeah. 
There but no I never, I never thought of it like that. But that's such a perfect way of describing. Like, my, my my head always goes to uh, um um uh, Eternal Darkness, and it, and it it's literally a meter. It, yeah. it is just like, yep, yeah, okay, nope, that's perfect. <laughs> and I mean, one thing that I do like about sanity or like about sanity meters is that it's something that is consistent between board games and video games like video games directly took that from um like call of cthulhu type games mm -hmm. and dungeons and dragons i think i if i remember right has the very first mechanic of and you were rolling a d100 i believe it was dnd adventures in 1970 yeah that's mm. that's what i recall of our conversation um, when you proved me wrong yeah i, I do that <laughs> i thought it was time. call of cthulhu and then mm -hmm. dr kelly went to got it but that's the thing is like it's kind of baked into that to that history and it's not in theory, mechanically, it's not a bad idea, but when you mm -hmm. extrapolate that beyond like just the, the mechanic and what the interpretation and the experience mm -hmm. of the player is and what it might say to someone who is maybe not in the best mental health space, mm -hmm. you know, there, there, there can be things that brought out in that. Um, now there are some games, oh gosh, what, oh God, what is it called? Oh, I can't think, I cannot think of it. It's on one of my slides. I will think of it in a second, but you, you play as a group and when you hit a certain stress level, you either have something bad happen to you or you can have like something good happen to you. And so like your stress recharges and things like that. So there's oh. a way to recover mm -hmm. from like loss of sanity. So oh, uh, Darkest Dungeon. Thank you. Yes. There's a fantastic paper digging into the mental health representation in Darkest Dungeon. Highly recommend it. Um, it's super nerdy and it's fantastic. I want to read it. Dar Darkest, Dungeon is, Darkest Dungeon is a weird game because it's the only time in my life I have yelled the words, really? You get paranoid now? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a lot to that, but that's one of those things where they're obviously playing with mental illness yeah. and sanity in a mechanical way, but they're seeing it as something more than a dipstick. Like there is yeah. complexity, there is depth to it. And I think that makes it so much more interesting. The fact that you can recover because the major issue with most of the time of sanity meters is once you lose it it's gone yeah there's no way to recover there's no mm -hmm. coming back you are a lost cause and death is a mercy which i think is a really dangerous narrative to play out again and again and again yep. yeah i think i've seen i mean i think i've seen those words used in various uh various uh ttrpg source books over the last couple of decades De death is a mercy at this point mm -hmm. yeah yeah then yeah i don't want to go mm -hmm. there no eugenics no Nope. nope. Um, nope. Let's go ahead and take a uh, break for our uh, viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we'll be right back to talk about some ways that it has done well. So we'll be right back. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, so uh, we, we've uh, talked about some some definite ways that things go wrong in video games, but wh who's doing this well? Who, who has good? Uh, we talked about sinuous sacrifice and stuff like that, but like, what what are some games or companies that are getting this right? 
Well, can I uh, jump in and uh, yeah. give a give a plug to take this on? The, well, one of the one of the things Take This has been doing for now four years is that we've actually been offering a biennial award to video games who do really good compassionate representation in mental health. It's named after our um, our original clinical director, my predecessor, Dr. Mark Klein, the Dr. Mark Award, and uh, the previous winners are Stardew Valley was the first one. Mm. Uh, the second one was Celeste. Mm. And we actually are going to be finding out uh, this, the 2022 Dr. Mark Award winner in about a month and some change hey. at the time of PAX West. Um, but the nominees that we have this year are really good. Uh, Psychonauts 2, Cozy Grove, uh, oh gosh, uh, Chicory, A Colorful Tale. God, what were the, I'm trying to think what were the other ones that I had on there that the community voted in. Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Oh, I'm totally blanking. I got three out of five. Yeah, uh, you know, it's fair. <laughs> oh, um, so uh, Spirit Spiritfarer and Spirit Life Fair. is Strange. Uh, oh, Life is Strange, True Colors. Yeah, those were the five nominees. And those were, all of them are really good. That Spiritfarer was a trailer that I watched and said, that looks like an absolutely fantastic game that I'm not going to play because I don't want to cry. I, um. <laughs> I maintain, when we played it on Take This Plays, I maintained not being able to cry, but uh, just barely. Yeah, that's a game you have to go in being willing to yeah. try. And I don't I don't think I would stream Spirit Fair. That's one of those games I think that would be just for me. Um because boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but in terms of who else oh, does it well? Well, I, someone mentioned Psychonauts uh, as well. I know they they reached out and Dr. B wrote the content warning for I, the Psychonauts to I may not have actually written it, but I definitely helped revise consulted it. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. I can't remember. Um, there was a lot of back and forth. But that that's an example of like, okay, that's low-hanging fruit. It's literally text before the game. Like this is something everyone can do is to have a, a good content warning about what's going on um in this game and the things that you you should be aware of. So that's something that um an unlikely place is Halo. I'm a massive Halo fangirl. Um and I typically uh tear into Halo 1 and 2 and sometimes reach about the the representation that goes on in there which isn't I know we have to get real deep but the thing that I like is that in the games like when you're competing when you fall off a level or whatever or you blow yourself up the rockets it used to be called suicide and so the announcer would go suicide yeah but now it's self-destruct and I nice think change. that's such a beautiful, it's, it's so tiny. Yeah, nice change. so minuscule. It's just a tiny yeah. little thing. Um, but I just, I want to like hug anybody at 343 who made who made that happen because it's, it means a lot. It, it is a big deal. So like even just something that small in a shooter space of all places, mm -hmm. they're doing, they're taking steps to kind of destigmatize and, and break mm -hmm. things down. And so that's, that's where I'm really excited to see. Cause there are games out there that, you know, there's, all the Dr. Mark Award nominees that that B mentioned, and tons of small little indie games um, out there, like uh, oh gosh, uh, what comes after, and if found, and what uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Oh and, god, that game! Oh goodness, what is it? That's called? a tearjerker. Yeah, and there, there's so many games out there that are exploring this type of content in a really thoughtful. Um, genuine kind way, but they tend to be really small. They tend to be small indie devs. And so they don't really get kind of the airtime and the publicity that maybe you would hope for something to kind of like spread this message of, of destigmatization. Mm -hmm. 
but that's why it's something like in Halo means so much or in Call of Duty, the fact that they let you skip the no Russian scene so that you do not have to shoot up an airport full of civilians in order to progress the plot. You actually can nope out of that and not be penalized. Like there's no achievement, there's no gamer score, there's nothing associated with that level. So that if you skip it, you're not actually being punished. You can actually protect your own mental health in that way. That's such um, a great, that's such a great feature. Um, the, um, I, 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 just turning back to Psychonauts for a sec. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I want to point out, um, we did, uh, so take this and me specifically, we did uh, more than just more consultation that on that game than just the, the starter screen. And one of the things that I really loved about how they approached it is how consensual in the second game entering somebody's mind was. Um, that was something that the whole team was very, very concerned about because of the possibility for abuse in that respect. And that goes into a whole lot of stereotypes and tropes about the way mental health professionals have been over the yeah. course of the last many centuries. I mean, like how many hypnotism, evil, malevolent hypnotism things do you think of when you, you know, Mad Hatter and Batman? I'm going back to so many Batman villains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first game was literally Arkham Asylum. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, can't knock you for that. No, <laughs> I love that game, but yeah, no, it's not great in that respect. Well, and also, a uh, shout out to the late to D and D in the latest Ravenloft book. Mm. Um, they, mm. I mean, it's uh, Dr. Kelly mentioned that a lot of really cool stuff is being done in indie spaces, but to see the big kid on the block in terms of uh, tabletop RPGs incorporate some of the ideas that are being explored in indie space in really a positive manner. They they changed uh, they changed insanity meters in the latest Ravenlock book uh, to stress levels, and there were uh, there were definite recovery way there were definite ways of recovering from stress and stress has effects they made it they took those effects and made them not personal it's not mm -hmm. a personal flaw it is an insult it is a result of environmental stressors yeah. which is so cool to see the the because of that i've actually because I, I i do enjoy the the call cthulhu board games and card games like I, my wife and i play the um arkham card game uh, a lot uh but we've actually taken that uh, language from that book and so now when we have the little brain things instead of saying sanity we call them stress um and so we we've exchanged other games poor choice of language with some better ones uh that's just better to say around the table than i'm going insane and, you know. which isn't even a mental health term it's a legal term yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um any any other uh, uh things you two want to bring up on this before we check in with chat well, I want to know Dr. Ke I want to know Dr. Kelly's take on how do we do this better, especially at our mm. home games for tabletop RPGs, because even if we have an educated or um, if we have uh, we'd like to think a fairly enlightened take on mental health or any sort of representation, anytime we are portraying somebody else's experiences, it is filtered through our own understanding. Mm -hmm. So, what's your take on how we can do this well at the gaming table? So I'll first say I'm not an expert in tabletop. So my my home is a digital and it's, it's they are very, very different because in digital, you yeah. have to design everything and everything is locked in. Your play yeah. space is limited, whereas in a tabletop game, your play space really is unlimited mm -hmm. um, based on who, whoever's running it. So I think the most important thing is, or one thing to keep in mind is why are you introducing this? So if you want to bring in a story or a narrative or a character or an experience that deals with any kind of marginalized or vulnerable population, really being having a moment to check in with yourself. Why am I doing this? 
Is it because I think it's going to add shock value? Because let me tell you, that is probably the number one thing I hear. You know, when I harp on Life is Strange, the original one, and the the scene, there's a, a scene where a character dies by suicide. And they're like, well, you, you shouldn't put a content warning because then it loses its impact. And I'm like, well, then you're doing it wrong if that's the only way you can get impact. And so really asking yourself, why am I bringing this? And am I doing it for me? Am I doing it for my players? You know, what is this doing for the story? You know, why, why am I bringing this into the situation? Is it because I think it's cool? Well, that's probably not a good enough reason. Um, so, you know, being open and honest, and then of course, communicating that with your players and having like consent be 100% upfront. And, you know, when you do your session zero, or if you're mid game and you're bringing in something, sit down and talk with your players about, Hey, I'd like to bring this in. Does anybody have any issues? Like you can DM me on the side or something. Um, if you don't want to do it or are uncomfortable, I mean, there, there's a million different ways that, uh, RPGs, um, mm -hmm like safety's in place that, that digital games don't have. And I, I love the use of X cards and veils and all those kinds of things. So using those tools and then, you know, when in doubt, ask, you know, there, there are people out there who are experienced DMs. There are people out there who are psychologists. There are people like Dr. B who are both and can answer those kinds of questions. And if I always default, if you're asking the question, you're probably doing okay. Cause you're probably already putting more thought into it than most other people. Yeah, and I, I will say shout out to Obo Lauren, uh, who said something during a conversation on this topic I will never forget. Just because you're aware of the roller coaster's safety checks doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy the roller coaster. Yeah, funny. Yeah. And in fact, you might need those safety checks because if I got on a roller coaster and I didn't know that passed inspection, I don't think I'd have as much fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it going to fall apart? Who knows? <laughs> And I'll be uh, honest, I would have been real chill if that Harry Potter ride at the beginning would be like, by the way, we're going to throw a giant spider at your face about halfway through this. Enjoy. <laughs> Ooh, spoilers. Well, I, I will say that um, as somebody as somebody who struggles with multiple mental health issues, as somebody who's autistic, somebody who's ADHD, um, somebody who's largely because of the struggle with chronic depression and has my family has an extensive history of mental health challenges that are just really significant. I hate it when people make it a joke at the gaming table yeah. um there's a, when people who have no experience with that it's just a punchline and so i to build on dr kelly's point i'd say ask yourself why you're doing it are you doing it just for an effect or are you doing it because you're trying to explore something meaningful and then if you are trying to explore something me personally meaningful treat it with reverence and i guess the um, last thing i'll add i'll just yes and to that is do not ask the person at your table if you have someone with that experience to teach you like i would never sit down at a table and say okay i want to run uh an autism adhd themed D, &D i've already game. i've already stopped paying attention i've like I've... it's so it's 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 a difficult boundary because on one hand yes you want to go to the source to understand and to be genuine and to like again have the reverence to understand the thing that you're trying to run but putting that on one person hmm. to speak for an entire community and to yeah. represent all of that and then have them do the emotional labor. Yeah. Like if someone, if B was like, Hey Kelly, I want to uh, run uh Gamergate, the, the D and D nope. game. Could you tell me what it was like to be a, you know, a competitive esports nope. player during Gamergate? I would say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that is, that's not my job. I know. But if he wanted to run that, would I expect him to do the due diligence and do the research? And yes, I would. So you've mm -hmm. got to find that middle ground of don't make one person the 
representative for the entire marginalized group. And if you don't have the skills to do it, don't run it. If it's not yeah. your story to tell, don't tell it. Yeah. As soon as you said ADHD and autism, get autism game, I just kind of heard white noise. Just like, this is all bad. <laughs> I actually, I actually do remember. Uh, God, it might have been a year or two ago that someone actually did put up something about having ADHD as a D and D background and all of the negatives that it brought on. And I was just like, I would love to burn this digital thing to the ground. How do I burn? Uh, how do I burn this to I, the ground? I know what you're talking about. I have opinions on it. We'll talk after yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, okay let's check it with chat real quick um and, and see uh what they there have been a there, lot of questions there have, there have been a lot of questions so many not, questions we're not gonna be able to get to all of them i i have picked out a few challenge uh, accepted <laughs> uh we'll go with silly simon 666 uh i'm sorry who was that silly simon 666 say it again uh, real fast silly simon 666 uh <laughs> question video games get a bad rap as a cause of bad real life behavior are video games good or bad for mental health Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Video games are a play space. Mm -hmm. And we like to go into our play spaces and explore the possibilities within them. We like to practice and learn and grow and experiment. But what we do in our play space is not who we are outside of our play space. That's the reason I can go into Halo and get a headshot from across Blood Gulch and possibly maybe celebratory crouch on the person I got. Okay, Kelly, listen, no. I was, it, I was my first day. You're just and, bringing that you know, up. You know, your little... Little action there, and you know what? But would I ever do? No. So no, yeah. you do not. You, I mean, it just the thing. The run the violence. I'm so I'm so irritated. <laughs> with this. You know the idea of like, well, video games cause real world violence. Really? You know because I don't know how to shoot a gun. I certainly don't know how to shoot a sniper rifle, but I'm a deadly shot in Halo. Mm -hmm. And so just because you're doing something in a game does not mean it translates to real life. That's why education games largely don't work either. Is because that transfer doesn't really work. So they do get blamed because it's really easy to see when you see something obvious, like, oh my gosh, you know, Mortal Kombat 1991, you're ripping somebody's skull out. Look at all the blood. Everybody freak out. Fatality. It's very clear. It's very A to B, but humans are incredibly complex. And so, yeah, yeah. this is why we just said yes and no, because you could <laughs> like, there are dissertations on this. Yeah. yeah. Anything well, that's simplistic or reductionistic is going to be doing a disservice. Not saying mm -hmm. that the person asking the yeah, question yeah, is, yeah, yeah. but yeah, if yeah. someone's trying to explain to you, oh, video games are bad, or or even video games are good. Well, no, they're just a they're an they're an art form. They're a way of mm -hmm. communication. They're a play space. The, like a playground is not good or bad. Yes, you can play on it and get energy. It depends out. You on your childhood. Your because arm. I would argue. <laughs> the, okay. the, I, I'm, the complexity. I'm I mean, obviously, I am not a mental health professional in any way, but like anytime that conversation like been brought up in like family or anything like that, I've been like, OK, if you're playing Halo to the point that uh, you are screaming at people online and sending them hateful messages, you're uh, it's you're a jerk and maybe you should explore that more. And uh, yeah. the video game is just being an avenue for you to be a jerk. Uh, Dark Souls helped me with my depression. So yeah. <laughs> like there's. There's goods and bads. <laughs> yeah. And that's because there's something inherent, like yeah. you can design things to be helpful. You can design mm -hmm. things to be harmful. So, you know, that's a level of complexity there. But like when we say games, like chess is a game, 
Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that, like, I mean, if no. you flip over a chess table, I'm going to be like, yeah, I think you need to do something uh, with your mental health before you play another chess game. Rage quitting this chess game. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but, you, but chess is a good example because chess, um, one of the original posits for chess is that it was essentially to build wartime strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, to help troop movement. And, you know, chess is, you know, a, a, a game 3,000 years old, depending oh. on, by the way, well, depending on how you want to argue it, because look at John Peterson's work for, uh, I, from 2012. Wait, are you trying to tell me that chess is actually a COD expansion? Yes, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I, it, chess, chess is full of COD pieces. That's what I'm saying. Um, <coughs> the, but yeah, uh, uh, John Peterson's work looked into that, but um, in its proto form. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um but the you are going to correct me so bad once this is over aren't you i'm just i'm just waiting for you so one of the classes i teach is games history and society where we talk about the history i know and that look she's like he's full of crap yeah. so, so certain three thousand years okay 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 uh okay let's uh let's check let's do this one real quick this is from oh uh mk mm, m Kamui? I don't know how to say your name and I apologize for that. Uh, I think it is M. Kamui. Yeah, I, that's the best of my attempt to do it. But uh, what do you all think about Lovecraft games uh, in the perspectives of the mental health approach? Um, depends on the game, but... I feel I, the reason I picked this one out is because I, I do think that kind of one of the the, the ones that at the center of all this are Lovecraftian games, the ones that are just like, oh, there's some eldritch horror that will drive you mad and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that does seem to kind of be the the staple of those sorts of games where you have the sanity meter, you have the asylum full of people who are, you know, turned suddenly evil and trying to kill you and everything like that. I, I said before the show that I'd recently played one of those. I played uh, the Arkham Horror game on that's on a bunch of consoles and whatnot. And sure enough, there's one who's like, oh, no, we got to find this piece of evidence. And, and then the insane asylum, I'm like, this isn't going to go well, is it? And we get in there and immediately there's guys no. in their uh, straight jackets that are trying to kill you. And I'm just like, come on, come on. So I, I don't do Lovecraft. I don't like horror of any kind. I've got enough real anxiety in my life. I don't need artificial anxiety uh, in my off time. But I, I think it's the idea, the the equivocation of poor mental health, of suffering leading to violence. Mm-hmm. That is always incredibly problematic for me. Like, can we explore the mm-hmm. the terror that is inside the human mind? I mean, I'm a therapist and I do, I do that like every day. And I, I think that's an important exercise that kind of reflexive and looking into those dark corners and shining lights on things that we don't talk about and things that are taboo and things that, you know, I, I like that it's talking about it, you know, it's at least trying to talk about it. But then those those stigmas and stereotypes come in of, again, like mentally ill means violent, even though someone with a mental illness is 10 times more likely to be the victim of violence than somebody without a mental illness. And all of violent crime is only 3% of violent offenders have a mental health diagnosis. So just like that, that perception, I think needs to be separated. That's a, a trope that needs to stop that mentally ill means either completely worthless and useless and a drain on society or dangerous and violent and chaotic and needs to be put down. So if you can extract those things from it, um, then like more power to you. So, yeah. 
I, I, I will, I will embrace my future violent role. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I think the tie is one step closer to Joker wear. <laughs> yeah. Let's get you some rouge, you know, I, definitely. Ru- I, I'm going to rouge it up. Yeah. yeah some rouge. jigsaw, some jigsaw swirls. Abs- such a rouge. Okay. <laughs> My uh, this uh, last question is coming from Mindtrocity. Question: I'm a Swedish psych- uh, psychologist student. Uh, did internship as a school psychologist. Thinking of a subject for my master thesis uh, in psychology representation in video games sounds amazing. Uh, which advice can you give? Uh, can you recommend any good resources uh, and works? I will give you advice and good resources, and both of them are Dr. Kelly. I was going to say, hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Dunlap, and that's that's what I write about. So please, <laughs> please get at me. Uh, I can drop my, can I drop my Twitter in the chat? Uh, uh, we, we actually have it uh, below you right there. Uh, oh, and, and, but if you want to put it in there as well, you you absolutely can. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, check out uh, Kelly's Twitter and, uh, and reach out to her about that. Um, yep. Okay, well, I think that is a good place for us to wrap up because we have a show coming up right after this. Uh, Dr. Kelly Dunlop, thank you so much for joining thank us today. You. This was an absolute blast. Me. You're amazing. Yeah, as you can tell, I love I love talking, period. Um, and I love talking about this in particular. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Anytime. Um, well, uh, where, where can people find you on the interwebs uh, if they would like to do so? Is Twitter the best place? So I pretty much live on Twitter. Twitter is a really good place to go. So it's at Kelly and it? Dunlap. It's my name. It's my name. <laughs> Um, I, I am, that is like the best way to get a hold of me. I have a website, which is dunlapsite.com, which is not great for SEO, but it's my last name and then my degree, psyd.com. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me there. I'm pretty much, uh, what's really cool is if you like Google video game psychologist, I'm like the number two hit. Hey, so, that's pretty cool. And if you do Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, video game psychologist, I'm going to be the only one you see. <laughs> so thank you, mom and dad, for giving me a name spelled in a unique way. <laughs> uh dr b uh where can people find you if they would like to do so um i'm around on all the socials at uh the the dr b uh that's t-h-e-e-d-o-c-t-o-r-b as in boy but it is more important that you follow take this at take this org on all the socials to see all the cool uh resources and free free information and education on mental health that we have on there so much of it has either been written or designed to be way prettier than I would make it by Dr. Kelly, um, who has forbidden me from ever using mustard yellow ever no. again. No. Outside you don't. Of you don't understand. He made a I graphic, a that. small graphic that had I like bricks that were it. mustard yellow, and then he put red, red, red on it top was, with a it, white stroke. It was friend. a choice. Ah, uh, it was I like a mustard and design. ketchup bottle vomited. <laughs> All over each other. It was diner, diner chic. No. Diner. No. Chic. All right. I think that's where we're going to wrap up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where we stop. <laughs> Dr. Kelly, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. You can also find me anywhere the Owl Champions community is because I'm the community manager. That's where I'll be. Uh, thank you so much to Martin and Jordan for moderating the chat today and do a fantastic job. And thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us a chance to have these conversations. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can catch it later uh, on our YouTube channel or as a podcast on your favorite podcast service. Uh, and uh, yeah, that uh, we I think we've got the rest of the day pretty normal. Bardic Inspiration is coming up in a few minutes, so we've got to run. Um, so that's going to do it for this week's show so until next week take care of yourself bye everyone bye champions of psychology is meant as education and entertainment 
It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.